Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. either way that would have been fucking hilarious and i'm kind of upset that it's i'm gonna forever call him keenan thompson and you know what's really funny is if Lindsay were here if Lindsay were here she probably would have done the same thing because she doesn't learn people's names (laughs) so going forward thud to me is now keenan thompson (laughs) all right let's do this Oh my god, we're recording. I forgot about that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh so you guys might have noticed. Uh Lindsay is not here today. She ate a bad oyster. I don't know if that's true. I'm just going with that. No, she um she is actually getting over a cold. And so I my infinite wisdom. I uh tapped in Matt. Who uh, we haven't seen since the Batman. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, since the Batman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, um, wait, no. We did the boys. Me and Lindsay did the boys. Oh, yeah. You guys did one through three. That's right. Okay. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah. I knew I was fucking wrong. Um, yeah. So we haven't seen Matt in a, in a while. Um, Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Happy to be here. As always. Yeah, I know. I know you are. It's because I'm here this time. I haven't done well, okay. I think that's why I was thinking like because I haven't I haven't done an episode with you in a while, so I was like I was thrown off. But today we are here for one of one of my favorite childhood movies, and obviously, guys, we're pre- we're basically gonna be saying that like every fucking movie because we're in the nineties. Um, but today we're here. <laughs> today we're here to talk about Hook, which. I gotta tell you, is like one of I, I think it's so funny that Matt's here because one of my favorite memories from high school is because of this movie. And I I don't know if you remember or not. It was like really early in the day. We were all meeting outside the art room. Um, I think I know what you're talking about because I think about it all the time. Do you really, dude? That's so <laughs> fucking <do>. funny. <laughs> Everybody, I got there late, um, and I got dropped off at the front of the school. And I just, I saw everybody standing outside this thing and I was like, dude, I'm going to be funny right now because I'm funny. Um, and everybody knows it. And uh, I started walking up and I think you yelled something at me or whatever. And it made everybody look at me or like drew their attention to me. Like, oh, Scott's walking up or whatever. Um, and I just pointed at no one and just went, you not you not you and i just passed everybody <laughs> i went i think it was was it mike i think so but yeah yeah i i think about this often Dude, <laughs> and i and i may walk around sometimes pointing at my kids saying that oh my god that's amazing 
That's so awesome. I do. I don't know why I just viscerally remember that shit. That was so funny. <laughs> um, and I think only you got it. Of course, because it's a fucking great movie. Yeah, because it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, so this is Hook. Um, it's the first of three wondrous Robin Williams films we're about to uh review in the early nineties. Um, not to mention this is <laughs> easily, and I'm I'm I will die on this hill. You guys know I've I've created quite a lot of hills to die on, um, but I will. <laughs> I know, basically. Uh, this is easily the greatest adaptation of Captain Hook I think I've ever seen. Like, ever. It is, oh my god, dude, it's so fucking awesome. Um, oh yeah, totally. It just, dude, Dustin Hoffman does such a great job. And it's so funny, because you would never think in a million years, oh my god, that's Dustin Hoffman. Dude, right? <laughs> it's like, you. I see it a little bit when he... Now that I was watching it with like a more critical eye, I saw it a little bit, but no, I, yeah, this is, oh my God, I fucking love him. Um, but yeah, directed by Steven Spielberg, the film is obviously based off J.M. Barry's classic characters who make their return from our season one episode of the Disney's animated adaptation. See, okay, so we're going to get into this and I have a, like, I have a legitimate question. Like, would you call this a sequel? No. I wouldn't either, right? It's. I feel like it stands on its own as its own story, um, because it does, um, kind of like it's it's very self-referential with its own story, but because it's it's its own, it's like a pocket universe within the story. You know what I mean? Right. Because as far as we know, Pan never leaves Neverland. He does on like excursions to see Wendy, but as far as we know, he never left neverland because all the stories are him in neverland as least at least as far as i know so to me a peter pan novel multiverse oh oh shit (laughs) (laughs) um well and yeah i mean creating this brand new tale um it fell on the shoulders of nick castle and james v hart who we're going to be seeing James V. Hart's name again in a, another one of my favorite pirate movies of all time. Um, he is one of the co-writers of Muppet Treasure Island. So, nice. fuck yeah. Um, marking the first appearance on the timeline of Robin Williams as the infamous uh, Peter Pan slash Peter Banning. Uh, he is joined by the always wonderful, though that will change as we go through this movie, uh, Julia Roberts as Tink. And I think she says her name is only Tinkerbell like one time. Um, and the legendary Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook himself. Uh, Matt, do me a favor and, and read the plot of this movie for me. Uh, sure. So <laughs> in the in the 1980s, everyone from Spielberg to John Hughes to Francis Ford Coppola was trying to reimagine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Re- time out. What are what? you doing? Not the plot. Oh, I I misread that. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I see it. I skipped ahead. My bad. What are you even doing here right now, dude? <laughs> it's it's early. I may have showered and I may have gone for a manhunt for my dog this morning, but oh. I'm totally awake. I'm totally here. I'm totally here. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah, Matt, um, the plot, please. <laughs> having chosen to depart Neverland for reasons now long forgotten, the adult Peter Pan now known as Peter Banning, is forced to return to timeless land of his youth in an effort to rescue his two children, Jack and Maggie, 
from the villainous vengeful clutches of Captain James Cook. That's better. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I almost, I swear to God, I almost said Peter Peter Banner. <laughs> Did you really? Oh shit, like, that would have been amazing too. Peter Banner. Peter Banner and the incredible uh, Peter Holt. Captain Captain Peter Banner. He is here. By the way, guys, Matt's name in the recording is Captain Barbaro Hook. <laughs> and I want you to know that I only saw the B-A-R-B part of it. And I was like, dude, Matt really named himself after my favorite fucking pirate character ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so mad. Every time I come into Zencaster, I change my yeah, name. Yeah, you got it. It's a different name. I know. It's fucking insane. <laughs> Here's something that really pissed me off. Uh, you can stream this. You can stream it on Stars if you have the Stars Edition to Amazon Prime for free. But, um, you can also watch it on Hulu Premium, which I believe is also just having Stars on Hulu. Um, or you can rent it on Amazon Prime. I just signed up for the free Stars trial, so I didn't have to pay for this. And I'm contemplating just keeping Stars because it's only like an additional eight bucks or something. But I'm kind of blown away that this is not streamable anywhere. Like, for free, right? Like, it's not just, like, readily available on Netflix. So, maybe it's free to stream with Prime. I don't know. Because it's been... A, it's. I mean, I saw it recently, but I don't remember what platform I watched it on. Yeah. But I, I feel like I remember watching it for free somewhere. Well, so that's how I ended up signing up for Stars was I went to Amazon Prime, and I was like, I'm going to type in Hook. I typed it in and said, you can rent this for $3.99 or you can sign up for the seven-day trial of Stars and watch it for free. And I was like, what the fuck? That's and then, like, every time, like, when I do this section of my notes, um, I always just Google, where can I stream Terminator 2 or, like, whatever we're covering that day. Anyway, let's go ahead and get right into the timeline right now. So this is the last film for us in the 1991s. Um, we are running pretty low on historical context, but I've, I've got some pretty good shit here. Um, for historical context, the early 1990s recession finally comes to an end. Uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete debuts on Nickelodeon, and I will genuinely be shocked if anybody remembers that show. I loved that show, but I'll be so shocked if anyone remembers it. I remember it. Okay, good. It's right up there with, like, Hey Dude. I was never a Pete and Pete guy, but I was definitely uh, a Hey Dude guy. Everybody loved Hey Dude. God damn it, dude. It's fucking That's, oh, The shows are so good. Anyway, um, and the Chicago Bulls win their first ever NBA championship by defeating the Los Angeles Lakers, which would go on to begin a three-year championship run and cementing them as the powerhouse dynasty of the NBA in the 90s. Um... Oscar winners that year. This is what's crazy to me, dude. Um, I'll get through it right now, but um, apparently Hook was like not well received. I did not know that until I started doing my notes for this. Like, it has a twenty nine percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand that. Everyone I know that I talk to about this movie is like, I fucking love that movie. The movie's incredible. 
And it's and that movie, this movie came out over 20 years ago, and my eight and six year old loved this movie. They watched it back to back multiple times. Uh, Hook was nominated for five different Academy Awards: um, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Visual Effects, Best Makeup, and Best Original Song. We did already cover it in Beauty and the Beast, but obviously this lost Best Original Song to Beauty and the Beast. Um, but it lost Best Makeup and Best Visual Effects to Terminator 2, and it lost Best Art Direction and Best Costume Design to Bugsy, which I've never seen. Nope. However, while it didn't win anything at the Academy Awards, John Williams did receive a Grammy for his production of the score, and this is what I'm most excited about right now, dude. This is our first appearance of the Razzies. Not our first like actual appearance. The Razzies started in the 80s, but this is our first mention of the Razzies because Julia Roberts was nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Supporting Actress. She was, I thought she was good. I thought it was awesome. No, we'll get into why it actually was her fault. Um, <laughs> this, is not, this is not a Kelly Marie Tran situation where she was given a bad script and had to work with what she did or like with what she had. The, a lot of this is on Julia Roberts. Top grossing movie of the year. We've already covered that. Um, but with a budget of $71 million, Hook raked in over $300 million in a theatrical run. Um, and something that I did find really interesting is this is the sixth highest grossing pirate film of all time. The only pirate movies that did better than this are literally the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like, are you insane? That's crazy. How is How do people... How did no one like this movie? How does this have a 29%? Fuck this, dude. This is so dumb. Um, we did kind of already cover it, but it's technically not a sequel. It just like it follows the tale of J.M. Barry's original story, but it's not like not like a Disney or a live action follow up. Um, there are no direct sequels in any way to this movie. However, Dante Basco, who plays Rufio, stated that in an interview back in 2020, he was working on an animated prequel show about his character and i have heard nothing about this i wanted to research it more because i wanted to know what was going on but what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah, i'm i'm fucking here for that yeah that sounds awesome i want to know how he got there i want to know why he was so important well from um, what i can see it looks like he has tried a couple of kickstarters i see one as far back as 2017 but obviously it's not seen yeah that that makes sense steven spielberg has progressively every time he's interviewed about this movie progressively like shit on it more i know i feel like this is all his fault God, what does he know about filmmaking he doesn't know shit <laughs> anyway let's get into the film So this needs to this needs to start with like how this movie came about because doing my research I discovered that this movie literally started like the the entire plot of this movie is about uh, like the power of memory and what memories we choose to focus on but it all came about because of a child's question. So in the 1980s everyone this is what Matt was thinking he was supposed to read. <laughs> 
In the 1980s, everyone from Spielberg to John Hughes to even Francis Ford Coppola were trying, they were all trying to reimagine and reintroduce Peter Pan to the big screen because really there hadn't been one. Um, James V. Hart developed the idea to make a sequel in a more modern time based on a drawing one of his children drew where Captain Hook escapes his fabled doom within the jaws of the crocodile. And the idea took hold and Hart ran with it to Spielberg, who loved the idea so much. The only thing they had was Hart had to discover like, or like Hart did discover like a a huge issue um, with the plot. And it was like, how would you bring Peter Pan back? Like, because they didn't want to cast, you know, like another child actor. They, at that point, they're just rehashing the old story. Like, how do you fucking avoid doing that? Right, which we've seen in multiple Peter Pan movies, which are always just the worst. They're all the same. They're literally all the same. Hugh Jackman plays Hook in one of them, and then Isaac, uh, Jason Isaacs plays one too. It's it's fucking weird. And no, I just realized that Hugh Jackman plays Blackbeard, and Peter Pan what? meets a young James Hook. Yeah, what? Yeah, it's weird. It's the one where Tink, uh, Tinkerbell actually dies. Isn't that one just called Pan? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's just called Pan. Yeah. That score is really good, by the way. I think that's James Newton Howard. I um, never saw that movie. I just, my sister, my we loves that movie, dude. We were not the target audience for that. No, movie. not even, no, not a, <laughs> not a shot, not a shot in hell. Um, But yeah, the answer to his, like, how the fuck do we do this? Uh, came in the form of a question from his child, uh, one of his children, where they literally just asked, Dad, what would happen if Peter Pan grew up? And the idea to have Peter as like an older father version like grew from there. And I'm honestly like, I think that's like my favorite part about this movie is that he has to like relearn where he came from. Hmm. Yeah, that that part was super fun, um, especially because of a. There's so much slapstick in that part of the movie. Oh my that god, there's so is that makes it so good. But it really allows the viewer to kind of grow grow down with Peter. Yeah. We're we're kind of tapping into a lot of the imagination that Peter has to because like the bowls of empty, like the empty bowls with that uh, full of food that isn't there. Which, by the way. Looks so delicious. Oh my god! I know it's just colored whipped cream, but I want it, (laughs) dude. Everything, swear to God, dude. Everything in that scene looks incredible. And like, here's what's like so funny to me about this movie, and I think it's one of the reasons that some people just like didn't think it was it, like didn't think it did well. Is there's so much like, not so much adult humor, but like smart humor in this like there is adult humor don't get me wrong the chick basically like blows her load when she gets to take captain hook's hook off (laughs) but um no dude when she when she's like eat up like tink's looking at him from the lamp or whatever she's like eat and he's like eat nothing or eat what there's nothing here gandhi ate more than this i'm just like dude no child would get that but that's fucking hilarious (laughs) god his that whole banter conversation between him and rufio was so good oh dude it was awesome oh i love it dude, even it, as an adult it's still funny. oh yeah it's so funny dude 
It's a one-cell critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> like, fuck, man. And it's so funny because, like, as a kid, I was just, like, in that scene, I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, Revere got shit on, but I don't know how. <laughs> <I'm>, exactly. Now <laughs> I'm like, ah. I get it now. What yeah. a piece of shit Rufio is. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Dumbass. <laughs> um But yeah, so like I I do think that that is like it's a good it's a good jumping off point like for an idea, but at the heart of this movie is literally about like the memories we choose to like focus on. Um it also like it did a great job of showing how truly terrifying Captain Hook is. Not like just the comments about like, I remember you being a lot bigger. <laughs> and he's like, to a 10 year old, I'm huge. Um, I just like, it revolves around like the memory and like what we do. If we focus on the wrong ones, like Peter was lost to his parents after drifting away from his mother in the park and subsequently rescued by tank. Um, but the worst part for that whole story is that Peter did come back and like try to see his parents again. And by that point they'd like already had another kid and they'd all, they'd ostensibly forgotten about him. And so he wanted, he just wanted to look for like love and like family. And he didn't want to be tied down by like all these adult things. Um, until he met Wendy, I guess, but or no Moira sleep in the bed yeah and he gives her a real kiss and wendy gets really jealous um hook for his part though um he's played by the memory of like his greatest defeat and the humiliation he suffered at the hands of peter no pun intended um during their like last crazy legendary fight right before he leaves um hook believed that neverland like just could not exist without him like the world would be like he needed to be there um in like in the war needed to happen it was like part of it um and therefore like his hatred and vengeance like is the perfect mirror to peter's like love and companionship hope because we see it at the beginning of the movie when hook first shows up like he doesn't even give a shit about his crew he doesn't no. fucking care about him at all he kills glenn close <laughs> in the, the end of the box into the boo box which i like all I can find for this is that she was she had a cameo. That's all I can find. I like I can't find like who in the writing room was like, do you guys think that Glenn Close is available to like dress up like a man <laughs> and get killed by scorpion stings? I wonder if she was just like in the there. next uh like on the next studio and yeah. she walked in was like, Hey Robin, hey, hey everybody, what's going on? And they're like, let's fucking kill dude for real <laughs> they're like here real quick put this on <laughs> like, or i wonder the... if she was maybe in another spielberg movie at the same time oh she might have been and then she was like i want to be a man it's like well i don't really have a role but i guess i can kill you <laughs> yeah he... uh she says five words and yep. then they were like okay like that's good just sound kind of like a man <laughs> that's it because hook is like you bet against me bringing pam back here didn't you and she's just like no and then she starts crying and she's like i did i did 
<laughs> and Hook's like, yeah. Okay, you're dead. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, okay, Glenn Close is gone now. What I really like about um, the, the first of all, I'm sure we'll get into this, but let's get, I'm going to crack the sag open right now. The sets for this movie are fucking amazing. Oh, they're so the, sick, oh, dude. Oh, it's so cool. It looks, it's so good. But what I love about, like, the sets and the, the side characters and, like, the background actors and all that, they're all so cartoony oh, that it just works. And yeah, I love it, it. Weirdly, like, it makes sense. And that's actually, like, one of the things that Steven Spielberg, like, complains about a lot when he's interviewed and like asked about this is he's like, obviously in my head, I would have preferred to have them in front of like a green screen. And, but like technology didn't exist like that in the nineties. Like we couldn't have fucking done that. That would have looked like absolute shit. (laughs) And so he's like, we just made sets. I didn't go into this thinking like we should have blue and red trees. (laughs) (laughs) You watch it. And like, I'm watching it now as an adult and I'm just like, how the fuck did these kids win this fight? Yeah. <laughs> How did any of these kids win this fight? Oh, they reflected the sun in their eyes. Like, dude, get the fuck out of here, man. These guys have guns. Well, they also had a, a boy who's also boneless. Apparently, yeah, that was that was off putting. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was really off putting. It's <laughs> like, so bad. I was like, what the hell is this, dude? And then he just like gets up and he's just like, oh. <laughs> the, the, the guy who I always assumed growing up was Keenan Thompson, but as an oh adult, my God, I realized, that would have been like, so fucking oh, this funny. Is not Keenan Thompson, <laughs> this is some Dude. other kid that looks like him. But that would have been bigger. fucking hilarious. <laughs> Damn, that kind of sucks that it's not. That would have been so yeah. amazing. I, I think Keenan Thompson still wasn't that that. No, because young. when uh, he would there. he no he would have been that old because he was on all that. And all that, that was in the middle of the 90s. Keenan Thompson age. I'm going to find out right now. He's older than us. I know that. Bro, he's 44. He was born in 78. He was too old. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. He would have been. <laughs> yeah. Son of a. No, he would have been 12 or 13. Uh... Yeah, he would have been 13. He would have been the perfect age. Although I think Thud's supposed to be like 11 or 12, so maybe not. Either way, that would have been fucking hilarious. And I'm kind of upset that it's I'm going to forever call him Keenan Thompson. And you know what's really funny is if Lindsay were here, if Lindsay were here, she probably would have done the same thing because she doesn't learn people's names. (laughs) So going forward, Thud, to me, is now Keenan Thompson. (laughs) Thank you for that. Keenan doesn't find that. I know, right? I'm going to get a fucking letter now. You've been ordered a cease and desist of calling him Thud. I think he would think it's fucking funny, though. Like, how would you not? Whatever. Here's the other thing that, like, I noticed about this movie is all of the plot revolves around, like, what a child sees. Or, I guess in this case, like, doesn't see. Or, like, all the major turns in the movie, like, revolve around, like, what a child sees. Um. It sets, like, the stage for all the major events, like, to happen. Like, Jack doesn't see Peter at the game. And therefore, we, like, we follow him through this movie of steadfastly uh, hating his dad. Like, you know, like, not trusting his dad, not believing in him. Um, We see it pretty emphatically when he's, like, 
letting off steam by blowing up all these clocks in the museum, which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Um, but the weird thing to me, not weird, I guess, but like the truly hurtful part to me is like, yeah, he's hurt by all this. And like his dad didn't come through for him and the baseball game or whatever. And like his dad's just kind of being like a controlling dick the whole time they're in London. But Jack truly does want to believe that Peter can can save them when he's trying to reach for them on the ship. Mm-hmm. And then he he doesn't. And you see that when they're in the museum and he's like, we were there and he was there and he wouldn't even try. And this is where like I struggle with the adult part of this movie. That's like your kid. I I cannot believe that he would not try. Like, why would he? I just can't believe that he would just give up. Right? Yeah. Um. As a parent, I was watching that part and I was like, "Oh hell no! That's that's not, dude. That's not how it would have gone with me." Exactly. Like, I don't know. It just like that part kind of bothered me watching this. I was like, I get it that the movie has to happen, and this is a like. It has to be a plot device that he's afraid of heights because, and they all make fun of him for it. But, um, it does, it genuinely like does irritate me. Just that he, I don't know, dude. It just, even Maggie, which, who, who is like my least favorite part of this movie, um, that girl needs to trim her eyebrows. Um, <laughs> like, it, I know. Um, she even she's like, "Come on, Dad! Like, Mommy could do it." And I'm like, "Damn, maybe like Captain Hook should have asked for Moira to come." Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, that part hurt as as both an adult and a parent because there's stuff that I do that I'm just like, I do not want to do this. This is freaking me out, but I do it, and I just show my kids like. See, <laughs> I'm like melting on the inside and I'm on yeah. fire. I'm like, oh my god, it's touching me. And I'm just like, don't do it. Oh my god. Can I go oh. with you guys to the next like zoo trip? Because that sounds fucking hilarious. We went to SeaWorld and this is why I so there's two things that come come to mind. We went to SeaWorld. You have to put your hand in that water where all the things eat all the, the dead stingrays. No, it, well, there's that, but there's also that tank where the fish, like they're super tiny fish, yeah. and they come and they eat the like the dead skin off your hand. Those and my kids were like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm like, no problem. I just dunked my hand in it, and in my head, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and then we went over to the manta tanks. They're like, come on, go pet them. They're like, no, we don't want to. I'm like, fine, no worries. I started petting it. I'm like, I'm about to get fucking Steve Irwin. Oh my god. I'm They're about to get Seymour oh right in the chest They're in front of my kids. <laughs> anyway, back to this this nonsense with these kids and like what they see. Again, we're here with Maggie, who like fucking irritated me this whole movie. Um, I don't. I watching this like again. I'm just kind of like, why did Hook even take Maggie? She know. never once bought into his shit. I wonder if it was just like she was a victim of convenience probably but like well and here's the thing like she literally tells and this is where like bad parenting comes in but like she literally tells peter 
that a mean, scary man at the window stole Jack's baseball. And Peter's just like, there's no one at the window. And she, she has this whole fucking tale. He says he's a window washer. This dude, Jack, can't find the ball. And she's like, oh, this dude fucking took it. And Peter's like, fuck off, kid. Like, that didn't happen. Um, and the cra- here's the like craziest thing about it. And I, I don't know why I didn't realize this until I got older. But it, and she absolutely was telling the truth. Hook has the ball. Mm-hmm. He gives him the ball back in the museum after he smashes all the clocks and shit. Yep. And I'm watching this now and I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, Maggie saw some shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and no one fucking believed her. And it's kind of like, I don't know if you listen to the, the Fievel Goes West episode, but like, that's what the whole fucking movie is about. Is Fievel knows Catterwall's plan the whole fucking time and no one believes him. Literally nobody believes him. It's like, Oh, yeah. Maggie's going to fucking therapy. Oh, yeah. They're like, all right, we need to, like, deal with this shit. She's seeing people on the window. We'll deal with that when we get back from the party. Oh, another thing about the party. This is just, like, it's weird negligence and, like, weird. It, because we're on the subject of, like, people seeing things and it's setting up plots and shit. Wendy, like, they're all standing up and clapping for Wendy. Every single eye in that room is on Wendy. And then the wind comes in as some kind of means to tell Wendy that, like, Captain Hook is back or something's happening. Um, And then it looks like she either has a heart attack or, like, is in pain. Because she falls on the table. She knocks the champagne glass over. It shatters. (laughs) Only Peter and Moira rush to see if she's okay literally everyone else who is staring right at her just keep clapping they just keep smiling for her and just keep clapping and i'm like what do you guys fucking think is happening right now do you think she like got weak at the knees because she's so overwhelmed maybe i don't know but it very clearly didn't stick that maybe was like a split second thought before you see peter and moira like freaking out and like helping her out and shit yeah like this 400 year old woman just for real and everyone's it's like it reminds me of like some sort of stephen king movie yeah (laughs) exactly everyone's clapping it's like we're gonna get some dramatic zoom-ins of people like foaming at the mouth or something (laughs) like it's the big blood scene from carrie and like yeah right and as an adult i'm like oh no professor mcgonagall fell So here's what's really funny about that. And this movie actually did fuck me up with Maggie Smith for a really long time. She was only like 55 when this movie came out. A fucking crip. She's supposed to be 92. (laughs) God. Yeah. The makeup prosthetics are amazing. I know, dude. Like they aged her the fuck up like so hard. She looks older in this movie than she does in. Any Harry Potter movie where she's literally where she's literally like, that old. Oh, like super old. Like yeah. 10, 20 years. She's 87 right now. This movie came out 21 years ago, which means she was 66. No, I'm a dumbass. This came out 31 years ago. She was 56. I was right the first time. Yep. Granny McGonagall. Was, dude, for real. They aged her up like so hardcore. <laughs> Um, but 
like so then we get the fucking lost boys and we're introduced to the lost boys and the lost boys like don't see peter pan in robin williams until the one boy whose name escapes me um but the one kid does you know, he walks up to peter and like forces his face to smile and then he's like oh there you are peter Oh, and then god. everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's Peter!" Because he smiled, and I'm god, like, "Okay, god. through the eyes of a child, you can now see Peter Pan because he smiled. What? Because he has the wrinkles on his face? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. God, that that scene. Even as a kid, I'm like, that was a really weird way to say that. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like, this, there's so many other ways you could have done that. Hey, Peter. Peter. Like, from, <laughs> from, from from I don't know. It's so weird. It reminds me of like the really bad, going back to Family Guy, really bad New England accents that you sometimes hear on that show. Pina. Like, oh, well, it reminds me of the original actress for Lois. Oh, God, that's true. Yeah. That was only in like one episode. Anyway, whatever. The, la- the last thing about like the through the, the eyes of a child thing is Rufio, the last thing Rufio sees before he dies is Peter, who he confesses he always wanted a dad just like peter and i think not only is that like a major it's it also like solidifies that this is not a kids movie it it doesn't show like hook and rufio come together and it's just their faces and you hear the sound of stabbing you literally see hook stab him like right in the chest and and then he dies, and you're like, holy shit, these kids actually, like, can be killed. Like, pirates have killed these boys before. But it it turns the movie from this, like, whimsical, goofy war fight scene to, like, holy fuck, this is, like, legitimately real. Like, these kids are, the, one of them is dead. But it also does, like, a really good job of solidifying, like, bro, Hook is not to be fucked with. Like, and when when you're thinking about how violent Hook is, we're like, oh, yeah, and we've talked a lot about, like, slapstick and everything's funny, but he put a living human being in a tiny container and let scorpions slowly kill that person. Yeah. That's fucking insane. That's war crime shit. That's wild. Yeah. Not only that, dude, it's supposed to be funny, and it is to me, but at the same time, if you think about it, it's really fucked up. He's like, pick up your weapon, and Peter takes his checkbook out, and Hook literally shoots through the checkbook and kills one of his own crew, and no one does a thing about it. <laughs> it's like, dude, he fucking flat. They're all they're just used to it. They're like, oh yeah, Hook like kills us. <laughs> he that's a thing that happens. <laughs> you piss him off, like he's gonna kill you. Um. I don't know, dude. It just like that for me. I was like, holy fuck. Like the movie even does a good job of like visualizing the darkness of death by like this massive fucking wall of wind hits Peter when Rufio dies. And you're just like, holy shit, dude. Like, I don't know if that's supposed to symbolize like innocence has like been driven from Neverland with the loss of a child's life, or I don't know what that's supposed to symbolize, but it's definitely like a magic reaction to Rufio dying in some way. I don't know. Um, 
I don't want to get into Captain Hook just yet, so I'm going to jump down one and tell you that I'm going to commit a Star Wars sin right now. <laughs> Dude, John Williams literally can do no wrong. This man creates some of the most incredible music of all time. Dude, he's responsible for Jaws, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And yet somehow this is like one of the best scores he's ever done. This movie is incredible. Like from start to finish. Like the first time we're introduced to Hulk. Hulk? Holy shit. (laughs) I was actually afraid I was going to do that like the whole episode. But (laughs) I've only said it one time. It, the first time we're introdu- introduced to Hook, like, the theme is, like, upbeat, but it's also, like, this is ominous as shit. And then, like, honest to God, dude, like, Peter remembering, like, his past and everything and, like, remembering how to fly and the score that goes along with it is, like, the best part of this movie. I just, like, I don't, I don't get how people don't like this movie. I, I don't either. It's so good. And so when I showed this to my kids, Alyssa had also, my wife for the audience, had also not seen the movie. Well, and you guys had I a good run. It, yeah, I know, right? Well, we fixed it because I showed it to her and she liked it. She was like, this was really good. How did I not watch this growing up? Because at first she was like, oh, I've seen Hook. And then halfway through the movie, she's like, I don't I've think never I've seen this, seen this movie before. <laughs> I'm like, and I stopped and I just was like, what? And. Oh um yeah it's it this movie holds way the fuck up i would put it it so does in in terms of movies that hold up that probably have no business holding up at this point i'd put this up there next to jurassic park this movie holds up like oh yeah dude a thousand percent and you know what's really funny steven spielberg yep steven spielberg all over again He's so involved in the early 90s. Like, he did Five All Goes West, and he did this. And now we're we're going to be coming up on Jurassic Park pretty soon here. It's just, like, it's... <laughs> I just, like... You know what it is to me? It's... It, I get upset about this movie when people are like, Oh, yeah, that's that Christmas movie. No, it isn't. This is not a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas. You know what it is? Weird as it is to me. It's, I get annoyed with this the same way that I get annoyed when people say that the fir- that Sorcerer's Stone is a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Christmas movie happens during it, but it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. The movie has to be about Christmas. Yep. They have to like focus Batman on Returns. some aspect of... Yeah, like Batman Returns. The Die whole Hard. movie is about Christmas. Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah, the whole movie is ho, ho, ho. Um... This is not a Christmas movie. I would shudder to say that Gremlins is a Christmas movie. I just said something that Lindsay fucking hates. And she's not here to call me on it. Because I always say like. The phrase is shudder to think. But for some reason I always say. I shudder to say. I don't know why I do that. That's so fucking irritating. Anyway. I struggle with people who like say that this is a Christmas movie. It's the same. Like they're wrong. They are. And I, I just like, I can't be nice about it. They, yeah. They, they don't also... even focus on it being Christmas, except for the one time that they talk about, they're playing in the Santa series, the baseball game at the beginning of the fucking movie. I mean, are they also flat earthers? 
<laughs> oh, I bet I bet they are. I don't so know. know. I don't. I, I know don't... how much you love flat earthers. Oh, dude, I do. I seriously do. <laughs> dude, I just I don't know why we're on this right now, but I really need Lindsay here to keep me on track. <laughs> um, I want to talk about like. I think I'm cynical in my old age, but like there are things in this movie that just fucking irritate me so much. And it, most of it is actually, it, most of it revolves around Moira. If I'm being totally honest with you, I kind of understand Peter not wanting to be away from the office with such a massive deal going on. Like it's $5 billion. This deal is like worth $5 billion. Obviously, you get a phone call that the deal you've been working on for however long he's been working on this just starts falling apart. And the thing that irritates me the most about this scene is Moira just lets the kids into the room. Yeah. Like, why immediately would you not just be like, dude, your dad's on the phone. Get out. Or like, come on, guys. Let's go out here. Yeah, that part I didn't understand. Like, see, I can understand everyone getting mad at him for, you know, douching it up about this deal. But at the same time, your mom is also being a total jackass. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, the whole... I don't know, dude. Like, I get it. It's supposed to set up that he's, like, work-obsessed and shit. But also, like... Sounds like he's doing his fucking job. That's his job, (laughs) man. Yeah, like... How do you guys think you were able to afford to fly to London for fucking Christmas? He also drives a 740i, which is the car my dad drives, which is a car I drove us to prom in. Uh, it's a BMW 740iL. And it. I was watching this movie when he first pulls up, and I'm like, dude, first of all, this car looks way better in black than my dad's tan. <laughs> but um, I... I couldn't even focus on that part of the movie because every time I see a 740, the first thing I think is I was so fucking terrified to drive that car. When I mean, we, when we, I dude, it was, oh my God. I'm not going to drive in the P wing. Are you fucking high? I'm not going to take us to prom in the P wing. That's insane. I don't, I think, wasn't that before the P wing? No, I had the P wing. I got the P wing, uh, my senior year. Sean was the first one that had a car. Sean, Sean got his car first. I think it was like a Ford Focus or something. Yeah, that he crashed on the freeway. And then it was green. That, and then he replaced it with the little red car. I remember that that Ford Focus where the back left tire oh was, my not, God. was shaking all the time. Yeah. It was fucking terrifying to drive behind him. I, God, dude, we did not have great cars in high school. <laughs> we should probably get back to the... Yeah, we should probably get back to the episode anyway. <laughs> but so like that's what i'm saying like his i get like yeah i don't go off on your kids like that but at the same time like why does moira just let them in the room and then not do anything about it like and then she has the nerve to be like your children they want to play with you like you're missing it like okay but also you just could have cost Peter his job by throwing the phone out the window. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, murder. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, that just, that really kind of bothered me. 
that she's just like you have to fix your family while we're on vacation um but I'm going to make it so that you can pretend like, dude, I'm thinking about it now. Like that's fucking real world applications to that is like, he genuinely, they could have been fucked. Yeah. They like, could have ended that vacation a super duper early. And then, Oh my God. Yeah. Or uh, here's, here's the other thing I don't get. Why did they all have to fly together? Why couldn't he have stayed and finished it and then met them there? I have no idea. It's, dude. So the movie could happen. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, pitch meeting. Anyway, <laughs> um, the last thing that irritated me about this this whole before we get to Neverland thing is Liza. She says that the wind came up through the door and slammed the bedroom door on her, and all she heard was the children screaming. Yeah, um, that's a nightmare situation. It so is, but also, at what point did she get knocked out? Or have, like, a heart attack or something? Was the wind, like, that strong the whole time that she couldn't open the door ever? Is that what it's saying? I don't know. So, that part, I was just like, that's not the greatest writing ever, because I genuinely don't understand what's going on she's just sitting at the bottom of the stairs or at the top of the stairs like she passed out or like she has a head wound or something yeah but she's just sitting there like did the wind prohibit her from opening the i feel like that's what they're trying to convey is that the wind stopped her from opening the door I don't know. It just like that that whole part just felt super fucking weird to me. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I I can see what they're trying to do. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Know? I don't know. Like I'm here for it. It's whatever. Like it led to And honestly, I'm going to be told I'm I'm going to be real with you like if I and I get it. That is absolutely a nightmare scenario. You got fucking like you come home from this party. The fucking window, the door is like broken and there's slashes all the way up the stairs and shit. And then the woman you left to care for your kids is babbling incoherently about how the children were screaming. Immediately, I would have shit your pants. And they're like, well, maybe we should hold on before we call the police. And then the police aren't fucking freaking out. Dude, I'm free. I'm sitting there in that in a cold sweat like this is a nightmare yeah i i would be freaking the fuck out right now i'd be calling the freaking not only would i have i called the police i would have called the american consulate like my kids were just fucking kidnapped and i'm over here visiting family in a different country that's like some taken shit right there yeah it is a hundred percent it totally is because before this point when they don't when they find the fucking like letter pinned to the door peter could have easily thought this was some kind of like corporate espionage or something yeah oh yeah totally like i don't know dude it just that part was and obviously we're reading way too much into this and it's because like the movie has to have it or whatever i get that but still like her whole thing and then toodles just appearing to give him the creepy rhyme about hook 
it just i don't know that was like my one gripe with this movie i was just like what that's fucking like that i that was so poorly stitched together i think yeah it would have been you know what it would have been better is if we never saw liza again like it like sort of implying that hook killed her I think that would have been like that would have been way fucking scarier. Or just like um you see like the paramedics taking someone out yeah. on like a stretcher with the sheet over it. That I think would have been even worse. I think that would have been way and worse. And they're all just like watching her and like they're freaking out. By the way, every time you say Liza, I think of Hamilton. So thank you for that. Oh, dude, you're welcome. Eliza. <laughs> I fucking hate that song so much me too and only penny song, oh my god who is who never shows up in history books at some point between that song and some other song died yeah she died of leukemia <laughs> yeah like I cool think it was leukemia. uh it's like you couldn't have mentioned that lynn manuel hamilton hamilton lynn manuel lynn manuel hamilton who I I've, when I originally heard the name I was like, oh, that's cool. Is she like some sort of songstress or something? And they're like, well, it's a dude. I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's not Miranda. Yeah. Miranda. Miranda. Ted Evelyn Mosby. Like- <laughs> 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 uh, but but yeah, I was that that part could have been way better. There there could have been like, although. I'll get. I was getting some real Freddy Krueger vibes with all the slashes and stuff. Up the around stairs, but, yeah. But that. But still, like, I feel like the wind knocked me over. I felt yeah. like, like it should have been the wind fucking murdered me. I know for real. The wind, or <laughs> or even just like the wind threw me down the stairs. Yeah. Why is she at the top of the stairs? I just. I don't know. Maybe they were like, that's too violent. And I'm like, yeah, but us stabbing a 14-year-old in the chest, that's fine. Cool. Yeah. Talking <laughs> about a war that children have to go yeah, fight. Yeah, that children have to fight in. All right. But we make it goofy by them shooting paint. Okay. But the one dude, like, screams in, like, like unfathomable pain that the kid just blinded him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, There's some very big weird swings from one side of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and have this man be murdered by yeah. sticking him in a box with scorpions to we're going to throw fictional fake food, food at each other. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yep. Um, Obviously, the the I saved the best for last. We're going to talk about Hook. Um, it's, it's how could anyone not like Captain Hook? Like it's a bad title for the segment or whatever. But like Dustin Hoffman fucking kills this shit. He's charismatic. He's intelligent. He's cunning. He's ruthless, and he's fucking twisted. Like his mustache. Very true. The schnobs killed. Um, he is everything you want in a villain not a, not even like a disney villain just like a villain in general because he's not a disney villain but yeah his portrayal of hook is honestly what i think of when i think of peter pan and captain hook oh yeah me too um 
the voice work that he does is very good. It's what's part of what makes him unrecognizable. The fact that he wears this really god awful itchy looking wig. The wig, I know. <laughs> and that's when he really looks most like 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 Dustin Hoffman is when they take the wig oh, off. Oh yeah, they throw it off. Um, but it's he's so good in it. He's so twisted. And he pulls out that Joker knife and just like, I'm going to just fucking stab you right now Gah! at the very end. Oh, and yeah. It's him with uh, the little dagger. It was like, damn, that's fucking wild that that dude is just strapped all the time. He's always got some kind of <laughs> weapon on him, man. Like, holy shit. Stay strapped or get and, clapped. Captain Hook. Uh, like the picture of Wands I sent you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. <laughs> oh, damn it. It's just fucking Harry Potter wants in my backpack to stay strapped and get, <laughs> get clapped. clapped. <laughs> 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 always got to have that thing on me, you know? <laughs> um, uh, for, for, I guess, for the audience, I went to Universal with my children. <laughs> And I bought them Harry Potter ones, and I had the cases in such a way in my backpack that they look just like the Ollivander cases from the movies, and it has the the Ollivander logo on it. And I put them in my backpack so you could see the the labels. And I sent it to Scott in a text message saying, "Stay strapped or get clapped." <laughs> oh shit! Like out of nowhere, didn't tell him I was going. Dude, yeah, I didn't even know you were there. I was I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I thought, like, do you know how long it took me to realize, like, that was your kids? <laughs> I was like, wait, this is like a picture he took. This isn't just, like, something off the fucking internet. <laughs> Holy shit. And I mean, I'm going to do the same thing when I go to Galaxy's Edge. So, like, it's not any different. But, <laughs> oh, shit, that was so good. Oh, my God. Lindsay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm over here crying. Um, um yeah it was so he's such a compelling villain and that just speaks to volumes of his of him as an actor oh yeah he's such a good actor he's so funny um and he just full like just went full full into it um and it's so good he's such a great villain and i agree it's it's so and as someone who objectively likes to like the good guy unlike scott hooray <laughs> um, it's hard not to like him as the as the villain because he's such a broken character. He's looking for purpose. He's trying to feel like he's worth something. He has value. He's important to the world. When in all reality, he's the hero of his own story. Yeah. So it's very cliche villain work. But at the same time, we spend so much time with him and his character that it's hard to not feel bad for him. He's in a way, he hasn't grown up either. He's in Neverland, even though he's an adult. He's he's very much someone trying to find himself in this world full of children and violence. Oh yeah, so absolutely. He's such a good character that yeah, he's totally hard not to like. If they made, you know, and and he, that's the other thing is the the movie is named after him. Technically, he should be the main character. I was going to say, and we see <laughs> we see so much of him. And here's like here's one of the things that like I I noticed um, rewatching it this time is 
is one of the only villains I can remember that actually succeeds in turning the hero's child without the use of like magic or a device. He just uses the trauma of what's been going on. Obviously, it doesn't last because it's a movie, but I think it's it's it speaks to his intelligence. Granted, um, Smee is the one that really kind of comes up with the idea, but. I think it's like it's important to to focus on like dude he really does play Jack like a fiddle dude like he gives the kid everything his dad never did so that Jack would be more inclined to stand beside Hook when Peter comes to get him and obviously he's like I can't do anything with Maggie so we're going to lock her up in the fucking like <laughs> tower somewhere with all the for some reason all the other kids that they don't explain why those kids are there Actually, I'm just thinking about that now. Like, why the fuck are all those other kids there? Those aren't lost boys. I don't know. So that's, the movie could happen. That's so weird. I'm li- like, I'm literally okay. I forgot about that until just now. But no, and like, dude, he has some of the. He literally, it's part of my like rooms of requirement portion. But he literally has the two best quotes in this whole movie. When they give him his wig back, and he's like, uh. Indeed, Jack, good form. After all, what would the world be like without Captain Hook? And I'm like, dude, it's fucking, like, it's so true, though. Like, he is so important to everything that happens in Neverland. It's almost like Neverland couldn't happen without him. Like, there would be no adventure for the Lost Boys. Right? Yep. But all they'd be doing is getting into fake food fights. and Fake food fights. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of like, and then the pirates leave. Like, they're just, they're gone. And so, well, I don't know. Like, they're all just defeated. They surrender. So maybe the, they work together or some shit. I don't fucking know. But yeah, let's, um, let's jump into the room of requirement, which is, if you guys aren't familiar, um, where we put all the things that we couldn't find places for throughout the movie, but we still need them. Uh, or throughout the episode, but we still need them. If you have something that you want to add to the room of requirement or you have questions about it, uh, please let us know. This is also, uh, I should have done this at the beginning and I apologize. I didn't, but I want to give a really quick shout out to um, a particular fan on our Instagram who's been super active on our Instagram, uh, SW Pants which I'm assuming stands for Star Wars Pants. And if it That's does, I love you. I know, it's amazing. Um, but I want to give you a special shout out. Like, sh- they they have been like commenting on all of our posts. Not all of them, but like the ones that they've been listening to or whatever. And um, I it, it, is, it is so fun for me to wake up and have these questions or these comments on the episode because it's got it's given me the opportunity to talk about how I'm so excited for Thrawn to show up and it's the only reason I'm going to be watching Ahsoka or um questions about like Five Goes West or um it's just like it's really I love interacting with the people that listen to us so please keep please keep your posts coming SW pants I love you you're not a patron but I'm giving you a shout out anyway uh, because you you've absolutely earned it you are killing the game and please keep doing what you're doing because i love any opportunity to talk about any of the episodes we've done or anything that we've got coming up um but yeah i said it earlier 
or like a, a couple minutes ago, but the three best quotes in this whole movie are, genuinely are Captain Hook's like, what would the world be like without me? Um, another one is the last line that Peter says. Uh, uh, Wendy is like, so your adventures are over. And he's like, no, to live. To live will be an awfully big adventure. And I think that's really important to the whole story of Peter Pan is like, it's about what you see, like where you can find adventure, like where you can find excitement in things. And now he gets, he has this like renewed love for his kids and his family. And he remembers why he left Neverland. And it's, I just think it's pretty awesome that that's in there. And then the, I actually use this all the time when people are like, <laughs> it sounds really bad, but like, anytime that I've done like online dating, <laughs> Jesus. anytime I've ever done like online dating and uh, the girl I'm talking to or whatever will be like, I mean, you can get catfished on here. And like, how do I know you're not lying about, you know, being six, three. And I'm like, first of all, like that's the stupidest thing to lie about. <laughs> but also, uh, the truth is far too much fun. Like what? <laughs> And I just, I don't know what it is, but that's like one of the best villain lines ever because it shows that like he takes pleasure in hurting people with the truth as much as he is like an honorable man. You know what it is? He reminds me of Dr. Doom. He has like this weird code of honor. That's true. But not really because like he cuts Peter's arm when Peter helps him up. <laughs> so like he's also kind of like a dick bag, but like. Yeah. Um, kind of like a, almost like a serial killer no big deal yeah almost exactly like a serial killer you know someone that would kidnap children and then kill them and then kill them and manipulate them oh my god this is not <laughs> this is not looking good why do we oh, idolize no. this guy holy totally shit. a likable character yeah, what the fuck everybody right loves hook we made a movie <laughs> about him oh lord we're going to hell this is awesome <laughs> um speaking of hook as another little fun fact in the requirement, when the family is flying to England and the scene opens up with them having the turbulence, the pilot's voice during the turbulence is actually Dustin Hoffman. And the first yep. thing you hear him say is, this is your captain speaking. It's the first time that Dustin Hoffman appears any in any shape or form in the movie. And I thought that was really funny. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I started researching this movie. And I thought that was really cool. But it's, you know, this is your captain speaking, but it's also... You know, Captain Hook has already put his hook in hook. the family. Not really. They haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's how early he was like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Manipulating. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay, that's actually fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> um, the this was dude. There are so many cameos in this movie. It's actually kind of fucking insane. The couple that's kissing on the bridge when Tink flies the unconscious peter back to neverland is george lucas and carrie fisher correct that's wild fucking nuts to me and did I, you also know that carrie fisher did rewrites for it as well i did actually did you know that she was the original stand-in for tinkerbell but she wanted to that, write instead of play tinkerbell which makes sense because she was just in a in a little little franchise, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it called Star Wars, where she was she was a princess. So I can see why she would rather not do that. 
kind of get away from that. Yeah, I can kind of understand that shit. Um, but other notable cameos, we did already talk about Glenn Close is the pirate gutless does have a name uh, that gets put in the boo box. But also Phil Collins is the police inspector that talks to them about uh, after the kids are taken. That's Phil Collins. I didn't fucking know that. Yeah, that's pretty wild, especially because every time I think of Phil Collins, I think of the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh my god, dude. It's such a banger. Oh, has no right being a banger, dude, and it so is. I can't wait till we get to that movie. Holy shit. <laughs> um, and then this one, I loot. I barely could tell, but I had the notes, and I went back and watched this. This is the second film appearance of Gwyneth Paltrow. I was going to ask you, did you know there's an MCU actor in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nuts, man. Holy shit. She plays the teenage Wendy. And she's in a single scene. Instead of becoming billionaire Tony Stark's assistant, she's Wendy. She becomes <laughs> Wendy. What a terrible life. Like, what a terrible trade-off. <laughs> holy shit you're fucking up wendy um you know who is fucking up though and that I, we didn't talk about this in the main episode because i are like in the main portion of the episode because i didn't think that this was like it warranted enough comments on it but apparently julia roberts was an absolute fucking nightmare to work with on this whole movie like everybody called her tinker hell it was like a reaction to her working in solitude and like having to work in front of green screens. But most importantly, she literally jeopardized the production of this film when the, her then her wedding to then fiance Kiefer Sutherland was called off. And in an effort to avoid the press, she literally fled to Ireland. Jesus Christ. Yeah. She only came back because Steven Spielberg called her fucking furious and threatened to, Fire her if she didn't come back immediately. But like, I can understand. Just, I've never heard other movies where it talks about like Julia Roberts is one of those act. You know, like Bill Murray is like hard to work with, or like, uh, Christian Bale at times has been hard to work with, or whatever. But I never heard of Julia Roberts being like that. But then, like, I read this other thing where she hired literally an assistant just to wash her feet between That's... scenes because she was shown like full body so often. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird. I can understand that because I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't like my feet being dirty and I don't like Whoa. not wearing socks or flip flops. So I can kind of get that as just like a weird work hygiene thing and Wait, that person probably no? i do have socks on right that's now. so weird <laughs> um the only time i don't wear socks is obviously like shower sleeping stuff like that or sleeping that's just weird okay. um i was actually but, concerned that you did wear one you slept. <laughs> no i'm not a, i'm not i am not a complete psychopath uh, <laughs> um but i i guess i can get that from a hygiene perspective but that that person probably made a shit ton of money for doing something that was probably very easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Yeah, and it's so funny because watching it, just looking at Ju- I'm not a big Julia Roberts fan. I'm going to be super honest with you. I don't typically li- appreciate a lot of her work. Um, I know she's a good actress, and um, I know the other quote is um, "Eat, go on, eat" from her, which is obviously the best line in the whole movie. <laughs> what? When she tells Peter to eat. Oh, I know. She's like, because it's, it's so fucking awkward and cringy. Yeah. Um, but I was watching this. I was like, God, she was really pretty back then. She is really pretty. Yeah, I'll give you that. She um, she only got one scene where she didn't have to be on green screen. It's when she gets the wish to be uh, life size. Oh, that's Peter. true. Huh? Yeah, only one time. One time she's a normal person. A normal person. Which also felt really weird because it's like, oh, she's. Is Tink a hoe? <laughs> it kind of like, like. Is she like. Is she a. Um, a house wrecker? It kind of felt like that, felt, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, this is gross. Why is this in a kid's movie? It, it just. It did kind of feel weird. Especially because, like, he remembers Moira, like, right after. Like, was Tink yeah. counting. <clears throat> was Tink counting on neverland making him forget because that can't be the case because she's the one that makes him leave yeah so i don't know that just that, yeah thinking about that now like that scene was kind of weird yeah that that when i watched it i was like this is very much um kind of an awkward aside that's really ruining the momentum of the yeah. movie like yeah it also I'm doesn't like get set up i'm gonna seduce you with this weird dress that i made for real <laughs> You're this humongous. weird abandoned burned down tree. <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna fall in love with me. Wow! And, and that break just, my that, birdhouse. Yeah. Or no, it's a clock. Sorry, it's a clock. Oh, yeah. um, that was just really, really cringy. It really was. The last thing I want to talk about, and I really, dude, I really wish that Lindsay was here for this one because I would love to know what she thinks. Um, Bob Hoskins, who plays Smee, and Dustin Hoffman, while yeah. rehearsing. Um, they're both awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically like realized together that Smee and Hook were like lovers in a weird, in like a weird way, like the way they interacted. And so they began to alter their attitudes towards the characters to be more in line with this like discovery. Although it was never specifically like stated in the movie. And when they brought it to Steven Spielberg, the only thing he said was, this is a kid's movie. But if you want, if you go back and watch the movie, uh, even though he's a villain, like Hook relies so heavily on Smee throughout the film for like emotional support. And Smee like immediately acknowledges that Hook does need to be looked after and stays beside him the entire time, except at the end. He steals everything. <laughs> he's but, like yeah, stealing everything. You know, he and takes everything. Um, <laughs> But I like I'm after I read that I was like, dude, that kind of like totally makes sense, right? Like they're they're with each other all the time. Smee like does everything for him, and Hook like relies on him for basically everything. The idea to corrupt the children is Smee's idea that Hook runs with. I just thought that was like that was like super weird. That is a a definitely a a opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. With Shmi being so quick to to scuttle him, oh yeah, to get end, out, yeah, makes me feel like probably not. Um, yeah, 
if it were really something like that, then he would have been like, I'm going to go down with the ship with him um, or take over from which would be a fucking amazing story. That would have been sick. He takes over. Hell yeah, dude. That would have been awesome. Um, He just turns into this fucking badass. But um, I think that's just, I think that's weird. Um, Not that I think that something like that is weird. I just kind of agree. Like, let's not make this into something it's not. Let's just focus on the story and make it for kids and make it fun. Let's not put some sort of anything extra on it. You know, I I kind of. No, I get that. That That just seems a little. I think it's more like their self discovery, and that's what they turned the characters' interactions into. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it just, to me, I see Smee as like, um, opportunistic. Yeah. Opportunistic. And, he he wants his place, you know, next to the throne. That's what he's really gambling yeah. on. Um, yeah. But that portrayal of Smee is so perfect. There's nothing I would have changed about it. Oh, no, not, so, a, not a chance so, in hell. I, I love that. Also, love Bob Hoskins returned in the 2011 Peter Pan to play Smee again. Does he? Yes, he does. Stop. I'm serious. Look it up. He plays Smee twice. Um... What do you rate this movie, dude? Like now that what we're what do I rate this movie? Um, I'm gonna give it eight doubloons out of ten. I actually am giving it eight out of ten as well. That's so funny. It's not. It's perfect to me as like an adventure story. Yeah, but there are still things that I'm like, Tink really didn't need to be the way she was in this movie. Yeah. Um. I can't get over the Moira thing. I don't know. The There's... weird, like, back and forth, like, this is a kid's movie, yeah. but this is also fucking terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I I think this movie, like, the, the, the thing that's keeping me from giving this, like, a 10, or even, like, a 9, is, like, it struggles to find its footing at, like, the not important parts, right? Like, the important parts, like, where he's, like, they're training him to learn how to fly, or, like helping him rediscover his childhood or whatever. That is fine. Like those all work, but it's like the stuff in between where like Maggie is randomly singing on the dock and that somehow warranted an Academy award nomination. It, I don't know. It just, it is a great movie and I will watch this anytime. Someone says, dude, do you want to watch hook anytime? Um, totally. But it's just like those small things that keep it from being perfect for me. Yeah, I agree. There is some stuff in it that I was just like, that didn't make sense. Like, in a lot of it's we stuff we highlighted, you know. Him, just the mom, or what's his name? His wife just being a total Moira. idiot. Uh, yeah, Moira just being a total idiot about um, the work stuff. And then him just like leaning a little bit too much into the works that like all i guess yeah all this the background stuff that kind of are like puzzle pieces to the bigger story kind of just don't make sense they they didn't hash those out and they probably thought well it's the 90s you know people really don't care yeah um and i guess that's us looking examining this movie with the wrong kind of lens yeah or maybe the right kind of lens i don't know um but there, there are just some parts that still are weird that I could like, especially like that tink scene where she tries to seduce Peter, which was super fucking off. Yeah. Um, but 
I think it's a really good kids movie. It holds up very, very well. Um, the acting in it, for the most part, is superb. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, I really like it. It's a fun story that's good for the whole family, and it's a good time. And it's a it's a nice take on a, a very popular kid's story. And Robin Williams is a huge part of my life, and I genuinely cried when he died. I did, too. So it's nice to go back and see him in his prime, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And well, okay, so this that's a really good segue. Um, I'm gonna lead us out of here, but we're coming up on um a lot of Robin Williams stuff. So as always, guys, like thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, happy to be here. You better be. Um I am fucking happy to be here. I'm so stoked to be here. <laughs> so fucking happy. um we hope you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something uh join us next week for another one of my favorite animated movies fern gully where robin williams yet again returns as batty uh be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media you can find links to our sites and social media on the episode descriptions below each episode um if you'd like to support the podcast or even want to get in on some of the game shows that we've got coming up including rewind the timeline where we quiz each other on films we've already covered you can follow us on patreon or check out the website for all the timeline goodies past present and future and until next time guys stay nerdy